When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Foxborough football fans? We are back. Another episode of First in Foxborough. I'm your guy, Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you follow, download, subscribe, stream this on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. And today, look, I know we've had a lot of Tom Brady talk, podcasts, retirement, what have you. Biggest story in the football world right now. Do not blame you. We've done a little bit on this podcast as well. But you know what? It's time to shift the focus back to the New England Patriots. And what are they going to do to get better as a football team, to become a playoff and Super Bowl contender again? And part of that journey is going to be the NFL draft. We already know the Patriots were down at the Shrine Bowl. They had some representatives at the Senior Bowl as well. And their new coaching staff was in full effect down in Las Vegas for the Shrine Bowl. And I got somebody who was there watching it all. And that is EJ Snyder, co-host of the Bootleg Football Podcast with our guy, Brett Coleman, who I also eventually have to get on this show. Honestly, I want to have both of you on at the same time. I feel like that would be really fun. Got to crack <laughs> open a beer, what have you, one of these afternoons when y'all are free. Uh, can't do it before noon because, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't stoop that low. But EJ, how you doing, my man? I don't know. I I stoop that low on a regular basis, but it's all in the name of work. So uh, we may see it if, it, if it's in the name of work, that's one thing. Um, but but I, I feel like my wife would judge me. Oh, um, surely <laughs> me. Me personally, I would I would get down. But I mean, if she she watches and listens to this on occasion, so I have to put my best you know, public facing face forward. But anyway, my man, great to hear from you again. I'm happy to be here. It was a good week in Las Vegas. It was really busy. Like you said, Patriots were there in full force, uh, along with the rest of the NFL world. I always sort of forget that it's it's not just analysts and teams and players. It's agents and trainers and the CFL is there and and all that stuff. So you kind of you get that feeling walking around first day on the sidelines of the practice fields. And you're like, oh, right. This is a deal like everybody's here. So it's a great week. Got a lot of good time with the players. Got to see the Patriots full coaching staff in action, which was pretty cool. Um, got to hear from their, I think, assistant director, player personnel the first day. He did the press conference wrap up after practice. So, you know, it, Patriots definitely had their stamp on the event and uh, it was a great time in Vegas. So I want to talk about that. Let's start there a little bit to begin with, because there is a lot of, I would say, cautious optimism, perhaps, about the addition of Bill O'Brien to the coaching staff. Um, you know, Bill Belichick pivoting away from whatever that was last year that they went ahead and did <laughs> and, and bringing back 
a guy who's run this offense before, done it really well, somebody who speaks the language of a quarterback and who has had success developing a number of different quarterbacks going back many, many years, who's worked with Tom Brady, right, and worked with Deshaun Watson, worked with, with some good names, and also adding an offensive line coach that was not down there uh, because it was a late addition. But just generally, when you're watching that coaching staff down there, especially Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick interacting with these players, what was that like being on the sidelines or in the stands for that? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's on the sidelines at the Shrine Bowl. You get to walk around and you be right next to drills. Um, the access is really unparalleled. And Bill O'Brien, we weren't sure was going to be there. It was pretty obvious he was there on the first day. He was yelling at wide receivers. Um, and I think there's sort of two schools of thought about Bill O'Brien or really two worlds or what two ways to judge him. It's Bill O'Brien, the coach and Bill O'Brien in charge of any kind of personnel ever. Uh, now I don't think I would ever put Bill O'Brien in charge of personnel again, ever, but I'm able to separate that from Bill O'Brien, the coach and Bill O'Brien is a hell of a football coach. He is, it is obvious when he's working with players that there is a connection there. There is a deep, deep understanding. Um, he communicates, he gets things through. I think he was a major part of, uh, at least the team, the Patriots is coaching, learning on day one, Hey, the NFL goes fast. We're going to install a bunch of stuff. You're going to be expected to keep up and get it right. You don't get a lot of chances to screw up. Uh, and that isn't, you know, that's an NFL truism. And and he was right there. Uh, I think some people thought, oh, well, he just got back on the staff. He's going to kind of, you know, wet his feet. But obviously spent a lot of time there before. And there, there was, it was zero to 60. There was no like ramp up. Bill was out there um, coaching on the first day. Belichick, on the other hand, was sort of omnipresent. He was around, um, but he was really letting his younger coaches um, take the reins and be the lead. He was there more as oversight. Um, I will say, however, that that Belichick is an inveterate football coach. He cannot help himself uh day one strangely enough a Rutgers safety levels levels a wide receiver and you know all-star games they don't want a lot of contact they don't want guys on the ground they want guys to be safe and he was incensed <laughs> and he was he was yelling at his younger coaches what the hell's going on here why is this occurring um but other than that he was pretty reserved he was he was everywhere you saw him very often uh got to walk past him a couple couple mornings say good morning coach that was about the extent of my personal interaction with him but he can't help himself he is he's a lifer and he is going to coach he needs to coach it's inside of him um but sort of definitely wanted a more hands-off role in terms of every little bit of drills he was there but not leading he was letting his younger guys lead and i think that was really the opportunity for this patriot staff at the shrine bowl was to to see if they're ready for the next level or see how they do and really get their sort of own evaluation so he was evaluating coaches as much as he was evaluating players yeah, and that's really interesting because, I mean, you could see him, and he did this in training camp too, hands on, literally hands on, showing you techniques and such. But it, it did sound like, and I talked to Eric Galco about this before the Shrine Bowl, he's like, he's going to be like, you know, head coach emeritus, right? That is, yes. he's going to be, he's going to CEO this, he's going to stand back and let his guy do some things. You're going to hear from him every once in a while. It struck me the little bit that we got to hear from Bill O'Brien, the details that he was giving to the wide receivers and, and the quarterbacks and they weren't putting the ball right on the spot. And it's like, look, man, like you see this when I, when they're coming out of the, the break, like there's a little phone booth here. I want you throwing this football in and you better do it on time. 
you know, kind of what you're talking about. You you don't have time to mess around. You got to be on point. And I also found it interesting, you know, Troy Brown being the head coach of the West team and Ross Douglas, a young guy, he's 27 years old, I, I think at this point in time, you know, being the OC and quarterbacks coach and you know, kind of a rising guy. I think people have their eye on around the league. Did you get a sense of what he was like down there and, and, and what his, his role was? His role was hands-on. If we're talking about Bill Belichick being hands-off and Coach Meredith, uh, you know, Douglas was there. He was in the mix. Uh, he was barking things out. Not a huge guy. Uh, big voice, yeah. though. And, uh, you know, really involved. He was with his guys um, in his element. And it is an event, as you say, where there are a lot of eyes on not only the players, but the coaches there as well, because we all know how the NFL head coaching and, and position coaching cycle works, right? Guys are sort of tabbed as rising. They get observed not only for what their NFL units do on the field, but for sort of extracurricular stuff like this. Can they run a team? Can they do the next level? Can they step in if the guy above them, you know, moves on or whatever else? And there's a constant eye for that. He was very visible throughout practice. He was very hands-on. You talked about Bill O'Brien. Um, he was doing a lot of those things as well. He was... Uh, he seemed like an explainer to me, uh, but mm -hmm. it was distinct. Uh, there's a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, but he was also, um, I would say, clear when it came down to it about, look, this is NFL open. You might not think this is open in our league. That's open and you got to throw it. I mean, you're talking about throwing it on time and the space and whatever, but there's a concept. There's a jump here. And we talk about it every year when players are moving to the next level. I don't care how good they were. I don't care what their accolades were in college. There are things that are at a higher level, most things in the NFL, and that needs to be explained to players. And this is one of their yeah. first opportunities to get that. If, if only from coaches, not from the players they are going to play against of no, nah, man, that, that is open. You need to hit that. That is an NFL throw and we expect you to make it. And if you don't, it's the next guy. So let's go. I love the talking about clarity. And, and, and the details part and just, you know, pushing these guys. I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I don't know that we always had a sense that the Patriots coaching staff was doing that overly well last year on the offensive side of the football when you're talking about the Joe Judges or the Matt Patricias. So this, this is all, it, it's, it's little stuff, right? It, it's a college all-star game, all-star practices, but I, I like to hear these things. Speaking of which, when the last time I had you on, you delivered some some just absolute dimes about Tyquan <laughs> Thornton and some uh -huh. of these other guys that were there at the Shrine Bowl last year. And Patriots took four players that participated in the Shrine Bowl last year and signed two undrafted free agents. So, and, and then you think about the fact that they were there, the coaching staff was there and present for this. You got to figure that there are some guys that that are going to that, that participated at the Shrine Bowl that are going to be on this Patriots team. First, who stood out overall as winners from the Shrine Bowl? Oh, boy, there were a lot. And this class, we talked about the last class the last time I was on, and, and we talked about that class at length on bootleg. Again, we were there for the first time in person last year. We came away pretty impressed with the class, but we I think we had reasonable expectations based on historical trends of who gets drafted out of the Shrine Bowl, where they go, how many, how high. And I wouldn't say we were conservative. I'd, I'd say we were even a little bit aggressive. And the Shrine Bowl beat every one of those measures. They had more guys drafted, more guys drafted highly. Um, 
total number overall. Like they shattered all those records. Last year's Shrine Bowl class was the class. And look, we've got a starting running back in the Super Bowl who was at that game. We saw a bunch of tight ends from that game contribute. Obviously, Tyquan Thornton on the Patriots. Like there were a lot of dudes in that class sort of under the radar. People didn't know about them. They broke on the scene. They got drafted. Patriots were heavily involved, as you mentioned. This class is even better. This class is position for position even better. I don't think there is a weaker position group at this class. That's saying a lot because we just talked about how good the last class was. This class is better end to end. They had more size at corner. Um, they had more dudes at receiver, just period. They had better quarterbacking. Um, running backs, you could call a push. Maybe there's a little downgrade there, but it was still a very good class. Um, defensive line, better. Edge, better. Um, inside linebacker, at least equal to. Um, and a lot of people are going to look at the people on the team, the Patriots coach, but when the Patriots weren't coaching, they were back out on the field watching the Falcons and the other half of the team. So they saw everybody. It wasn't just the game in terms mm -hmm. of interaction. Practices are back to back on the same field. There's about a 40 minute break in between. It's a two hour session. Um, and, you know, Patriots would go in, talk to their guys, get them showered up and headed out. And they would walk right back out onto the field and, you know, they're they're basically serving as scouts to, to look at the other team, to scout them for the game, but also in a much bigger sense to scout them to see if they're potential Patriots. And you know what? I, I think that the name that sticks out to me, right, for guys that I, I would love to see on the Patriots <laughs> and that I think have a pretty, I don't know, I would like to think that they're on their radar because they were on the Patriots team. Zay Flowers is number one. Oh, yeah on that list. So I, I want you to talk about him. But after that, after we, after we talk about the guys that are actually on the Patriots team, how about we talk about some of the dudes that were on the other side of things that you think are good fits. But first I got to know about Zay. I got to know about everybody has to know about Zay and they should um, look being up in the Northeast. Zay is not an unfamiliar name to you coming out of Boston college. Uh, he is not a one hit wonder. He is not a one year wonder. This is a guy that has produced in an offense uh, that necessarily wasn't the best offense in college football, but he's produced at a high level for a couple of years. This is not a flash in the pan type of guy. He is known. He is certainly known to the Patriots staff, uh, and he is certainly known to the Patriots media, too. Patriots social was there. A lot of Patriots beat reporters mm -hmm. who you know were there. Uh, the Patriots, for lack of a better term, were on zay flowers there was there's a buzz there there's a connection being made already a lot of people were penciling him in uh as a future patriot there was talk that the patriots basically said we'll come and coach the game but we want zay like if zay's gonna be there we want him on our team that's nah, not confirmed but there was a lot of uh line drawing a lot of smoke and fire about the patriots and zay Rightfully so. He is an excellent player. Some people will look at the stature. He, you know, came in at a high five, nine, but he's solidly built. He's in the mid one eighties. And all you need to do is watch his tape. He didn't participate in the first day of practice. He did come out in the second day of practice. It took about three plays. It took about three plays to see Zay against, again, a very good cornerback group who were all gunning for him, by the way. He was the guy. Multiple yeah, corners yeah. said. I want Zay. That's why I'm here. Give me him because I know he's I know he's the guy everybody's looking at. And that means they're going to have to look at me if I shut him down. Like there was a lot of focus on Zay. He handled it very well. We got a we got an interview with him later in the week. He was an extremely busy guy. Every team certainly talked to him. Every media outlet wanted to talk to him. 
Um, we got about 15 uninterrupted minutes with him. The He'll be the very first uh, interview on bootleg that's going up from our draft interview series. That'll be up either later today or early tomorrow. Um, great guy. Um, very professional, understands his role, confident. I wouldn't say cocky. He's right there on the line where you want it. Uh, but a, He's a, a wide receiver. If you're a good wide receiver, you got to live on that line. Oh, hundred percent. And he does. I think he toes the line perfectly. Um, this is a guy that's going to help your football team at every level of the field. He is not a, you know, short and out guy or a medium hook guy or a go deep guy. He can make all those plays and did multiple times on tape. Very physical, even at his size, especially with the ball in the air, um, quicker than fast. He's not slow. A lot of people are like, oh, is he a four, three guy? if he's a four three guy he might be a high four three guy might be a low four four two guy i don't care like it doesn't matter his speed is good enough easily functionally as a wide receiver for him to contribute in the nfl right now uh brett was standing behind a gm uh during those three plays and the unnamed gm said "Mm, yep that's different You yes, yes, you love to hear it. Yes, yep. yes, Lord. And I mean, so the Patriots have number 14 overall. And I think that's going to be a really interesting discussion about especially without a receiver in the class, we're like, oh yeah, that's a top 10 receiver or something like that. There are going to be a bunch of of interesting decisions to be made. Would you take a guy like Zay Flowers or you no know, Jordan Addison, who are you know, maybe not viewed as those prototypical ex big bodied receiver guys like take them at number 14 overall. I think that's going to be a really interesting discussion. I think Zay's 40 time will probably have something to, to bear on that. But look, we, we, you, you gave me my Zay fix. I would love to ask you more, but you know what? We got to talk about other guys. Cause there were lots of other guys that participated at the shrine bowl. I think let, let, let's do this. I have a couple of positions aside from wide receiver that I feel like the Patriots might target. Offensive tackle would be one of them. Running back, I think, is a sneaky one that they might be having a look at, and definitely cornerback as well. Of those position groups, offensive tackle, running back, and corner, who really stood out to you and interested you last week? Tackles, not that many, at least not up high. The tackles that were there, I think, are more developmental tackles. And there were some guys that I liked. Trevor Reed from Louisville was a guy I looked at and thought, again, I don't want him coming in and starting year one, but he's got tools. He's got an athletic build. He moves really well. He had some high-quality wins against a very talented edge class. He had some losses, too. The guys on the other side get paid or will get paid. I guess get paid now with an IL. You can say that. Um but, you know, he was an interesting guy. Would I take him up high? No. Was the tackle class super strong? No. I think the interior offensive line class was a lot stronger in terms mm. of offensive line. Running back, I, I would agree with you. I think it's a sneaky place to look. Uh, I really like Jordan Mims, the running back out of Fresno State. He was the top running back there, in my opinion. Uh, that was pretty much my opinion going in based off tape. Uh, very productive player in a high-powered offense. Finished the year incredibly strong his last year in college with a touchdown, at least one touchdown in nine straight games. Had a killer game against Wazoo in his final game. Over 200 yards, 11.9 per, a couple of touchdowns. Just tormented the Cougars. So 
very solid player. And my favorite thing about him is he was the best three-way player at running back. And I'm that, by that, I mean, everybody wants to see somebody run the ball, but NFL coaching staffs are interested in, can you pass protect? Because we don't want to get in your case, Mac Jones killed. Uh, and you need to be at least a factor in the short to medium passing game. You need to be functional or better. He is that he was the best pass protecting running back there. He has good size and obviously his running skills on full display. So Jordan Mims is a guy, you know, keep an eye on if you're interested in the running back class uh, and then defensive back. There were all flavors and there were lots of good ones. Uh, if you want an outside boundary corner with size, that was there. If you want an extremely tough and smart nickel guy, there's a bunch of guys that could be there as well. Um, Patriots have shown sort of the willingness to go either way. Last year, they took two guys out of this game. But, you know, Jack Jones was the primary name. And, you know, they've shown a willingness with Marcus Jones as well to go with smaller corners. Hey, do they need that big outside guy? And if they do, there are a bunch of guys that showed out. Um, Lance Boykin from Coastal Carolina was a late ad. He's got great size, 6'2", 6'3". He had a really good week. Um, Keetrell Clark who is uh, Trevor Reed's teammate at Louisville um, top rated corner. He's going to go high. He's going to go probably top hundred picks deserves to be. He's an electric playmaker, especially in the sort of countering the short passing game blows up a ton of screens, TFLs, stuff like that can play inside or outside. We asked him about that. He said, I, I like either. Like I like the challenge. He's got enough size to hold up out there. Um, other corners who had really good weeks, Eric Scott jr. From mm -hmm. Southern he was not a high profile guy coming in. He was one of the guys that people were looking at the helmet and going, is that, is that Iowa? That's black and gold. No. Okay. Southern miss. Who's that guy had a very good first couple of days of practice. Again, very good size about six to shut a lot of guys down. And the one other guy I'll give a shout out to miles Brooks from La Tech. Um, fascinating player. We've got an interview with him coming. Uh, also was right up in there uh, with a very talented wide receiving core, looking for all the smoke, played primarily outside, good size, again, over six foot. Um, very fun player to talk to and a great player to watch on the field. So lots of different choices inside, outside. You know, if they're going for nickel, I feel like they've probably got that locked down with the corners they have on the roster. Maybe it's more of those outside guys with size. Bevy to choose from, and a bunch of guys had really good weeks. It sounds like another position that that I almost forgotten about is linebacker. It seems like the Patriots always want, want to be searching for some new linebackers. Mo Diabate was one that I heard about. Isaiah Moore, they're apparently raving about. Couldn't stop talking about him. So I don't I don't want to forget about I don't want to forget about those because it seems like the Patriots love building through the middle. Um, their their drafts, especially in, in the first rounds, are often like offensive line, defensive tackle, linebacker, right? Yep. And, and occasionally a, a running back or, you know, one wide receiver, right? So you think about like, oh, yeah, these premium positions where, oh, yeah, I should get a, get a wide receiver. The only one they've taken is Nikhil Harry. So in, in order to do a Zay Flowers, they would have to break precedent with that. But I feel like some of these other guys that are potential developmental prospects up the middle on defense – could be something that that they look at. What did you see from those linebackers? That's I swear Belichick's a baseball fan. He loves building up the middle, right? Catcher, pitcher, middle infielders, and a center mm -hmm. fielder. We could do okay. Uh, they have had that tendency in the draft. I really liked the inside linebacker core, um, especially on the West roster of the Patriots. They got a really good look, an up-close look at what I think was a stacked group. 
Now, they had Jaden Woodby from Boston College, who's his teammate. They're pretty familiar with him. He's local. Um, they had two guys from NC State, which is rare. You usually see teammates kind of split up. But the guy that, again, everybody was talking about coming in is Isaiah Moore. He is a classic thumper between the tackles. He can fit the run, stick his nose in there. Really tough guy. Very sounds like a Patriot. Very Patriots-like profile, and he was on their team. I don't think that's any accident. Uh, and then his teammate was a guy that really impressed me. Again, a guy that I sort of put a check mark next to to go back to who's Drake Thomas. Now, Drake Thomas is smaller in stature, um, looks like somebody else in your division, kind of reminds me a little bit of Matt Milano. I don't no. think he has quite the same pass coverage skills, but he had a very good week. He definitely got some marks on scouts list to say, maybe there's something more here than what we saw on tape at NC State, which was good, but you know, the week elevated his profile. If you want size and sort of pure physical ability, uh, Shaka Hayward from Duke, 6'3", 242. Um, my favorite thing about him is for a big guy, plays with balance to every to every situation. Look at him, watching him, you know, come up on outside run fit, square up to a running back. A lot of times you'll see big guys sort of lunge, stayed square in his hips, stayed square in his pads, was very balanced for a guy his size, looked very comfortable in that size frame. Um, and really good athletic numbers, I think, are coming. Um, Charlie Thomas is a guy I liked going in, put a check mark next to you, saying I want to see more of this guy. He's a Georgia Tech linebacker. Um, more athlete than linebacker right now, but his linebacker skills are not terrible. He is not a guy that ends up wrong all the time. I think he's mm -hmm. a guy that needs some polish, and when you're talking about the Patriots and coaching, I think they probably saw that up close. You mentioned Diabate. Diabate for me is more the other way. He is more athlete than linebacker. He is a crazy athlete. There's talk of him running four three, oh um, possibly at his size. If he does, obviously that's going to shoot him up boards. Uh, I am less impressed with what I see, sort of gotcha. football acumen wise. But if you want a raw building block with just can he run and hit, Diabate is going to be on your list. Yeah, and you know, I feel like the Patriots tend to veer a little bit more towards can you play football? And I mean, not that they can't coach those guys. And I think sure. that there are some prospects, like maybe even a Taekwon Thornton, where it's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll you know take the traits and, and coach him up. Though I think that you and I both saw that he's not as raw as people thought he no. was. He, he's got he's got a little bit more, he's a little further along than we expected. So I, I think I I feel like they'll be more impressed with the guys like, okay, they could play right now. Let me go ahead and grab them because especially as Bill Belichick gets a little bit closer to the end, I don't think they want to deal with a whole lot of projects right now. They want to <laughs> win right now. So we, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick for sure. the last question. If you had to think of one guy from that list that is just like, that's going to be a Patriot right there. The Patriots will take this guy in the Shrine Bowl if he is available, going to happen, who would you say it would be? Zay would be first on my list just because there's so much smoke and there's a lot of natural connection. Look, they need the role. Uh, he is a local kid. You know, he grew up in Florida, but he played football at BC. So, right. again, he is a known commodity. And he is a blue-chip talent. Like, mm -hmm. he is that guy that, you know, there's first-round talk and it's warranted. You know, it might be end of the first round, could be top of the second round. doesn't really matter to me. Wherever that guy goes, he's going to make plays. There was so much fervor. And, and we all know there's smoke and draft season that amounts to nothing eventually. It didn't feel like that. It felt like 
everybody from the Northeast, from Boston, from the Patriots was just laser focused on Zay. So I think Zay is probably the easy choice. The sneakier one would be Isaiah Moore. He feels like a Patriot to me. It's not going to be in the high rounds. He's going to be available in the third or the fourth, and they're going to go get him, and he's just going to plug right in and be one of those guys you're like, oh, of course he's a Patriot. Um, so, you know, those that's my sort of 1A, 1B answer. If it's up high, I'd say Zay. If it's lower on down, I'd say Isaiah Moore. All right. Love it. EJ Snyder, co-host of the Bootleg Podcast. Like I said, he was down there at the Shrine Bowl giving us the goods, the lowdown. I made sure to get him on before the draft this time so that we could, <laughs> we could so we could look back. We could take and, receipts and, and see how badly I did. Oops, uh, I mean, I, know. I, I, hey, I trust you. I trust you, my man. And the thing is, I'm hearing a lot about the, the, the same stuff as you are with Zay Flowers. I mean, Eric Galco was gushing about him when I talked to him. And I, like you, I'm hoping to have Mr. Flowers on this particular show to get, to pick his brain a little bit and see what he's about. I would love to see him on the Patriots. So, hey, if it happens, I'm going to be like, you heard it here first. You heard it here <laughs> yeah, first. Maybe, maybe not first because there was a lot of buzz already at Shrine Bowl. But, um, yeah, our interview with Zay is coming out in the next day or two. Really enjoyed talking to him. Um, great, great young guy. Uh, again. Toes that line between confident and cocky, I think, perfectly. He he is, it didn't seem too big for him. Like, when we talked to him, he knew. He knew everybody was looking at him. He, everybody's yeah. been telling him everybody's been looking at him. There's been a lot of conversations about Shrine or Senior and his choice and whatever else. He knew he was going to be on the Patriots roster. Yeah. A lot of pressure on a young guy. ton of pressure. And didn't. Wasn't too big for him. Didn't phase him. Didn't flinch from it. Again, extremely busy throughout the week. One of the most booked players, just team meetings, media, press, uh, you know, whole bit. He was always busy. Didn't didn't seem phased by it. He is he is ready for this moment. It was super cool to see. You know what? Stop making me more excited for this. Okay? <laughs> I can't. Um, I can't. In, yeah, exactly. In the meantime, make sure all of y'all check out EJ and Brett on the bootleg. Check out that interview with Say, and make sure you're checking out this podcast right here. Download, subscribe, stream it on the free Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much, EJ, for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kyrie. It's always great. You know I love it. Uh, we'll do it again either right before or right after the draft. Uh, see how the old crystal ball's working and uh, who the Patriots pull. Yes, sir.